Undeceptions podcast. Small Wonders with Laurel Moffat. I came upon a quote recently from the 17th century writer, thinker, philosopher, mayor, theologian, John Calvin. There is not one little blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make men rejoice. That's a pretty big claim. A blade of grass? Is it really a cause for rejoicing? or for thinking that deeply at all? At the mention of a blade of grass, Walt Whitman and his leaves of grass may come to mind, or the poem Mindful by Mary Oliver, or perhaps any number of Instagram posts about the cause for wonder that's a blade of grass. Until recently, I would have said that I wasn't convinced. I couldn't quite see how the speaker in Oliver's poem is able to say to herself, How can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The untrimmable light of the world, the ocean's shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. Perhaps it was that I just didn't think that much about grass, except in terms of a turf lawn and the maintenance it requires. To me, grass equals green equals lawn, which equals watering and mowing in summer, and mowing's a task I've never been drawn to. Some find it very satisfying to have a lawn to mow. My husband is one such person. He takes much pride in our tiny inner-city postage stamp of a yard and mowing it with a few passes of a mower every now and then. But is that all grass is? A patch of green with neat borders? A postcard edge for a house or a street? In my thinking of grass, I didn't think of it in terms of individual blades, but as a mass, an expanse, a block. Something decorative in some shade of green and serving only the function of holding dirt together and prettifying a yard. How can grass like that make me rejoice when all I can see when I look at it is its maintenance? But there is more to grass than what we've allowed when we tame it, domesticate it for use only as decoration. In the wild, it is something else entirely. There are more than 11,000 species of grass. Grass in all its types covers about a third of the Earth's land area. This includes grasslands 
as well as the crops grown for food and biofuel, such as wheat, corn, rice, and sugarcane. Grass is found on every continent, even Antarctica. See the Antarctic hare grass and the pearl wart. It is everywhere, at least almost everywhere. It's so prevalent that it's easy to take for granted and overlook. So present, it's easy not to see it at all. But that is not a blade alone. That is the grass in its entirety. As ever-present as it seems to be, grass is easy to not see at all. Easier still not to see it in terms of its individual blades. It's more often seen or thought of in bulk, a green or brown or gold monolith, a third of the land area of Earth, 11,000 species. That in itself is amazing, a cause for wonder. But joy? How do you find joy in one little blade of grass. I suppose the only way to find out is to first let it grow and then look. And to do that, we have to get closer. Come with me to a single blade. Although there are many varieties of grass, for the most part, grass is a simple plant made up of roots and stem and leaves. Each part of the grass plant is necessary for the grass to live. The roots, the stem, and the leaf. The root anchors the plant and draws up water from the soil. In turn, as it does so, the fibrous roots of the grass hold the soil in place and prevent its erosion. The leaves absorb the sun's light and energy and convert it to chlorophyll, food for the plant, and the stem links the parts and is the artery carrying food and water, its fuel. The blade of the leaf is the part of the plant that absorbs the rays of the sun and converts that energy into sugar or chlorophyll for the plant to use as its food but the blade is expendable. It can be eaten or mown and the plant won't die. Another leaf will grow. The longest a blade lives is only a month or so. And as essential as it is, its life is very brief. It's not hard to make the leap from the life of a blade of grass to the life of a human being. It's the brevity of the life of a blade of grass that lends itself so easily to the analogy. An analogy that is used or made a number of times in the Christian scriptures. There's a line in the 103rd Psalm 
The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Grass fades and dies. It's eaten, mown, harvested. Its life is brief. That is, the life of the leaf is brief. The life of a single blade of grass is short. But the plant lives on. And the death of the leaf is part of the life of the plant. There are whole schools of thought in the gardening world on the beauty of dying grass in landscape design. Wherever there is planting of grass for decorative purposes, and mentions of the beauty of grasses as they live and as they die, there is the work of the Dutch garden designer, Piet Udolf. He has designed plantings for parks and public gardens around the world, and native and ornamental grasses are always present in his designs. In his 1999 work, Designing with Plants, he has the end of a plant's life in view as he designs, as well as its beginning and its prime. As he says, Many gardeners see the dead and dying stems of perennials at the end of the year as rubbish to clear away. Plants can be beautiful in death as well as in life. What is it that makes a leaf of grass beautiful at the end of its life? Perhaps it's a change of colors if you happen to live somewhere where grass dies in winter, allowing it to change its hue. But the beauty is also the form of the plant that's laid bare for the eye to see, its structure. In a grass plant, the leaf's blade is where the light of the sun is converted to food and energy. But it turns out that there's more to the leaf than just that. As the leaf grows, the base of the leaf curls or wraps around the stem. This strengthens the stem and enables it to stand erect and makes it possible for it to reach the light as it grows. And this growth and this small strength is what helps create its form, its height, its shape as the plant grows and lives and thrives. But it is also what creates the shape, the form, the beauty of the plant as it dies, the particular shape it has, the line of it, the height and weight it holds in the landscape. All this from the work of a blade of grass and another and another. How the lifting face of each leaf feeds the plant, enlivens it, sustains it, but also supports it, strengthens it, enabling it to grow taller, to lift its head. The leaf spends its time soaking in the light and energy of the sun. That's its job. But in so doing, in so spending its days, 
its brief number of days, mind you, often numbering around 40. It lifts the whole life of the plant from the dirt and enables it to survive and grow and to reach taller in the light, for the light. The writer Annie Dillard, in her work The Writing Life, describes how the everyday is what makes up the matter of our lives, even when we aren't aware that this is what's happening. In her description, she could very well be describing the life of a leaf. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. The leaf of grass lifts its face to the light of the sun. It drinks it in, absorbing the light and heat and energy and converts this energy to food. It sends the food through its veins, through the stem to the heart of the plant, its crown. The base of the leaf wraps around the stem, supporting it, strengthening it, and the grass grows tall. How the grass, leaf by leaf, blade by blade, spends its days drinking in the sun, growing a plant into something beautiful, necessary, essential for life on this planet. This is what it is doing. This is its life. Is this the joy in a blade of grass? How it's part of a living plant like this? That's a wonderful thing, but is that where the joy is? Not yet, at least not yet for me. There's something more. The beauty of the grass of the field in its prime, in its decline and death, is made possible by the light that it seeks, that it craves, that it drinks in and absorbs. Without this light, the grass is nothing. There is no grass without light. And without the light, there's no beauty. There's no form. There's no field or garden, at least not one that we can see. For me, I cannot see the joy in a blade of grass if I don't follow the leaf as it looks to the light. I'd miss something in my first reading of that quote from Calvin. There is not one little blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make men rejoice. And it's this. Is intended. A passive construction. The grass does not intend people to rejoice, but it is intended to lead us to joy, to rejoicing. But in what? In the grass itself? The blade of grass doesn't point to itself. It doesn't draw its strength from itself. Its form, its color, its size, its health, all comes from the source of its life, the sun. The light. It's the light in the light in something that doesn't fade or die. This is what makes it alive and strong and lovely to the eye. 
The prophet Isaiah writes about grass and human life. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. A blade of grass lives only a handful of days, and each of those days and the way that blade spends its time on those days is essential to the life of the plant, to the shape of the plant, its form and its bearing, even as it dies, how it leans even in death towards the light that will outlast it. I now see the delight in a blade of grass, the joy in a leaf. And it's not in the leaf itself or in the plant as a whole, but what the leaf points to. It's in what the grass grows toward. Jesus speaks of himself as the source of light, the sun. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of the world. The untrimmable light of life. To spend your days leaning toward this source of life, drinking it in, growing in it, so that your whole being strains toward it, both in your prime and decline. This is what a blade of grass teaches me. This is its prayer. This is the joy it points to. There is not one little blade of grass that is not intended to make us rejoice. Follow the leaf. Look to the light. Podcast.